good, sir. You did a good job. Some I, people, I had to get my airborne voice. Some, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. so hey. some, some people get in here and they either freeze on the hay or they mouth the hay. Like they're just no. like, hey, you know, kind of thing. But ladies and gentlemen, Colonel Allen West is here Yay. in the building, uh, and we are extremely honored to have him here. Uh, not only is he a, uh, a veteran of the U.S. Army and an amazing individual, he's also just fantastic. I mean, you well, know, th 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 there's very okay. few people. That all right, all right. I get the money clip. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are listening to the audio version and you are not watching, Jake is in the detention chair today. Yep. Timeout chair. Um, yeah, and he timeout chair. he uh, does not look thrilled about it. If we're if we're being honest, he looks very. Upset. It's uncomfortable. It looks it's like a booster seat. My feet are hanging off. Uh, I am now. You know how I feel every week. Yeah, Alyssa's pretty sure. I am uh, losing my voice. So this episode is brought to you by Hall's Cough Drops. Uh, so if I if I start sounding like a pubescent child, I apologize. But we're gonna get. Through it, sir. Thank you so much for joining it's us my today, pleasure. Yeah. and welcome to Texas. Thank, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we just, I mean, we, you're all dressed appropriately. I, Look at that. You know, I am wearing for those listening on the audio. I'm wearing a Rangers jersey. Mm -hmm. um, some people are probably wondering why I'm wearing a Rangers jersey. In fact, it's weird how many comments I get from baseball fans are like, "Ugh, I liked you till you were a Rangers fan." <laughs> and so we looked at it like this: where we come from in Mississippi, there's not a pro baseball team. So we have no allegiance. Yeah, but you got Atlanta. But Can that's I? but that's two states away. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's collateral coverage. <laughs> yeah, it's collateral coverage. And so we, we've never really, or yeah. I have never really claimed a professional team. So I figure, hey, we're in the DFW area. The Rangers have America colors. Why not? Why not go with it? And Can then, always be a Royals fan. And then when they eventually, mm. oh. Jake with his Missouri stuff. Stay in your chair over Yeah, there. you stay, stay in your chair. Stay quiet. <laughs> you stay in your chair. So, uh, so I want to start this. Dan Crenshaw actually just text me. Uh, you'll Tell him I said hello. <laughs> hey, Dan. Okay. Uh, hold on. Can we do this for the first time ever in uh, podcast history? Can, can we film a live thing while we do the podcast to Dan Crenshaw? Dan Crenshaw, we are filming right now on the Dear America podcast. Colonel Allen West is right here. There he is. Alyssa's there. Jake's in the detention seat. Um, don't be rude in your text, Dan Crenshaw. I'm going to tell everybody what you said in just a minute. Bye. Nice. Okay, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, live interactions <laughs> uh, with people. What was I saying? Um, baseball teams. Baseball teams. I think Royals. you moved on. But we like them because they're America colors. That's it. Mm -hmm. They're America colors, so I figured. Yeah. But I was a Braves fan. I loved Smoltz. Like, oh, I know. After, Hall of Famer. But, and Andrew Jones. After that era, though, I kind of got over it. I don't know why. It was like that was. Well, it was the pinnacle, you know. And, and I grew up with the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, and I saw Coca-Cola there. And so, oh, cool. yeah, the night that Hank Aaron hit 715, I was there. Yeah. You know, Al Downing, uh, the L.A. Dodgers served it up. And uh, so it was great to see them all of a sudden go from, you know, worst to first. And they were, you know, for a while, they were America's team when it came to baseball. I remember we used to travel and go because oh, yeah. my dad is a huge Braves yeah, fan. Yeah, Dale Murphy and all those guys, uh, Bob Horner. They were just, you know, everyday blue collar type of team. And, you know, now that they've moved out of Atlanta, I mean, it was mm -hmm. one thing for them to be at, you know, the Not converted Turner Field, which we really thought it was going to be Henry Aaron Stadium, but, you know, Ted Turner with the big ego. But now they're not even in Atlanta. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and let me tell you, I will never forget the day that he brought Jane Fonda 
into Atlanta Fulton County State. Oh yeah, <laughs> bad idea, Ted. And yeah. you know what happened. <laughs> yeah, but but now they're wait. A, I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh. So can people who don't oh. know, will you tell a story really quick? Well, I mean, I mean, Georgia is a very military state. I mm-hmm. mean, all of the major installations there. And to have someone like Jane Fonda and what she did during the Vietnam War right. to, to bring her into Atlanta you. Fulton County State, it did not was work not out. well received. It was not well received. There were some Southern reason. expletives that were <laughs> <hurled>. <laughs> or Yeah, yeah. So. It was a bunch of bless her hearts. Yeah, <laughs> bless yeah, yeah. Her. there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, were. Uh, so, okay, so uh, I like to start most episodes off with. Uh, Things that have gone on here lately. So since we're talking about sports, no, oh, I um, know where you're going. Well, Soccer. Well, maybe, kickball, maybe, kickball. maybe not the, the, the kickball thing. Well, I'm kind of, I'm segueing. Well done. Off of the soccer thing. And I'm actually mm-hmm. talking about the fact that for once, it is not a negative thing in sports Good. that is viraling right now. There was a hockey coach that is going across that. the internet right this second. And uh, he basically is going viral for the fact of he, on the first day of training camp, has told his team, he said, hey, let's go ahead and get this out of the way right now. Uh, we're not women's soccer. We're not the NFL. We're not the NBA. If you're going to disrespect not only the Canadian national anthem, but the American national anthem, Grab your stuff, go ahead and get out because you will never, ever see the ice. And we don't do that here. And I think that that one, I was, you know, I stood up in my house like, yeah, all this stuff. But but I think it opens up a very interesting conversation. And you being a veteran yourself and me and just Alyssa and Jake and all of us, all the controversy Mm -hmm. that has been in sports for really the past three years now. Yeah. Ever since Colin Kaepernick. And we're not talking about him today. We're talking about this moment where somebody actually did something different. Mm -hmm. And they actually said, you know what? At the end of the day, this, this is a sport. We are blessed to be able to play this sport in the greatest country in the world. So, by God, you're going to respect it. And if you if you feel like you can't do that, then you need to go somewhere else and you're not going to play here. I, I'm just curious why. It's amazing that that's gone viral, but it's also very, very sad that that's sad. the one that's gone viral. It, it is sad because what it represents is, you know, we're so shocked at that. Mm-hmm. Because we have become so accustomed to and used to the exact opposite happening. But let me tell you what's going to be the response from the progressive socialist left. Hockey is a racist sport. Oh, <laughs> yep. That'll, yeah. be, that'll you know, be the next right. thing. Yeah, it's just a bunch of white guys, white supremacists out there, and so so who cares? Uh, instead of them saying, you know, this is something that you know we should learn from, that we just want to be able to go and watch people play a good sport, right? In yeah. this case, hockey. We want to, you know, see those skills and those talents. But when those respective national anthems are played, yeah. you know, you should show reverence. You should mm-hmm. show respect. And it's sad that we are losing that lesson here in the United States of America. I mean, Independence Week, and we have a controversy about the yeah. Betsy Ross flag in Independence Week. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just absolutely silly. So, hats off to the uh, to the uh, to the coach 
of the hockey team. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his name. I'm going to have to find out his name. It's probably um, Guy Leflon. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry to all the French-speaking people out there. I didn't mean any disrespect. Good. Yeah, no parlez-vous français. This is the Dear America podcast, sir. You can, uh, you can, you can speak. You can speak what you feel. So, so I, I agree. But, but here's another thing that uh, just happened. Uh, not too long ago, and you mentioned the Betsy Ross flag with Nike, and so Nike was going to put a flag on a shoe for the Fourth of July, and ah, it was terrible. It was racist. You can't do that. Un, un, but it wasn't when the same flag was draping the U.S. Capitol during Barack Obama's inauguration. Right, I saw that. Right, yeah. because it was okay. Then. Because right. they actually know history, uh, but they just choose to distort it and convert it to their narratives when it's convenient. And it was apparently wrong and racist and, and, and made people think about slavery to put a shoe on. And, you know, we're just not proud of our country. They post this sponsored Nike commercial ad of a Mexican or Hispanic girl who is a boxer. And the whole ad is about, you know, how sports can change your life. And they do this zoom in, super intentional, emotional thing on her shoes when she's like dancing in the ring. American flag shoes, Nike, swiped in there. Did you see that? Have you guys seen it? Have you guys seen it? Hang on, hang on. I took a I took a picture to pass it around because I figured not everybody had seen it. So I freeze framed it. And so Alyssa, I'll let you take a look at it right there. You see, it has millions well, of views. Those shoes are awesome. I mean, they're majestic looking shoes yeah. because they've got the flag on them. Mm-hmm. So naturally, they are good things. Yeah. But we talked about this before. It comes back to power and money. They don't care. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to say is not even a, a week, exactly one week after they capitalized off dividing the nation over a pair of shoes and the flag, they put a commercial out. In which they focus on the fact that mm-hmm. this this girl who is Hispanic is wearing American Nike made things and they're proud of it all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So now a week later, we're proud of the fact that in America you can do these amazing things and 14 year old girls out of uh, poverty stricken areas of California can change her life through sports because that happens in America. In America. Yes, you can do those kind of things mm-hmm. here. And so it's just. It's amazing to me how all these things are interconnected and how all these things are intertwined. Um, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. And, and we've got so many things to talk about, so many yeah. great things you're doing. But I said when the original kneeling happened with Colin Kaepernick, I said that this is going to affect so many more things than just football. And it's going to affect so many more things than just sports. And, and to me, what that action has done a completely selfish action if i may say so myself the years following he's proven it was all about money yeah megan rapinoe with u.s women's soccer team it's not about equality they don't care anything about being equal because they know that that's a false argument in america they want more money. Mm-hmm. That's it. That, that's all there is to it. She does an interview where she says, well, how can uh, Rachel Maddow says, well, how can we help with the pay gap? How can we help make women equal? She literally says you can help by coming to the games and buying tickets. <gasps> buying season passes. Buying season passes and our jerseys. By spending money. You mean how every other oh, person oh. makes money? You mean that capitalism thing? The capitalism thing. Oh, <laughs> And so, and so they're arguing this thing, and we beat this horse to death. 
Women made 13% off the revenue. Men made nine. Yeah. The difference was astronomical about how many people actually watched, participated, bought, and ad revenue or ads were purchased for that time frame. That's why the men made more money. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with the fact that that the genitalia is different or we're misogynist or, or all this stuff. And every single day they're real they're real um what am I looking for? Their real intentions mm-hmm. are shown. Yeah. It's about money. And if they care about equality, how come the men are making less? You know, why do men make 9%? Yeah. It's like so what that they bring in a lot more money? Why is it 9%? Men should have made 13%. Yeah, why don't Men we make it equal? Made, yeah, yeah, that should have been equal. Or they should have made 9 and made even less money than they did. No. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I think that what all of this is doing is causing us to sit back and say, you know, what, what really is America? Uh, because when we look at all of these different attacks upon the fabric of who we are, America is not a geographical place. Right. Mm. It, it is an idea. It, yeah. it is codified by principles and values. America is the first place, the first nation, just 243 years ago, where we said that the individual is sovereign over the institution of government. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. It is. But now what we see happening is that that idea is starting to clash. What we see happening are certain people in positions of power, elected positions, that are saying that my ideological agenda translates to ideological rights which supersede those rights that are inalienable to you, exactly. you know, from your creator, yeah, your right. constitution rights. And so I think that there is a big philosophical um, question that is out there for this country and just little things like that you know with Kaepernick or Rapinoe or some of the other things we see or the fact that you had you know 20 people that stood on a debate stage and raised their hands to say that mm. yeah we're all going to give free health care yep. to people that are Ooh, here you're illegally. Get me yeah. preaching here in a minute. Well, well, but, but, get but, me on a tangent. But, but what I'm saying is that the American people you know once upon a time when I was in Congress you had to try to convince folks that these people are progressive socialists, that these people are off the rails crazy. Yeah, right. Now they're telling us exactly every yeah. single day who they are, what they believe in, and how crazy they are. Right. Yeah, and so the question for us is, which path do we choose? Which path do we take? I like how you said that, sir. So, 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 so go with me. My name's Alan. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I'm never going to. I'm always going to call You're you Graham. sir. It's, just, it's always going to happen. Alan. The Southern, the <laughs> Southern in me. Uh, not both only, of us from the South. Not only were you an officer in the military. I was going to say, that's that military right? coming yeah. But up. now I'm old. It. But now that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. say. You're my you elder. You are also more mature. Your hair is gray. <laughs> and so, well, I'm losing my hair, so uh, you no, know you just shave. I'll off. take I'll take gray any no, day. No, he doesn't. All right, so <laughs> wow, I'm just kidding. Babe, it's majestic. Wow, the you just the bonds <laughs> of marriage have been broken right here in front <laughs> of the you, world. Okay, wow, that stung. Anyway, all right, go with me on this journey here. Okay, think about this, and I love everything you just said because I think that as Americans, uh, especially younger America, uh, younger Americans, forty down. Okay. We have benefited. We are direct results of all the blessings that we mm-hmm. have had, right? Yep. 40 down doesn't really remember or doesn't really know what it was like when things were still truly segregated and there still was that kind of, you, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, we know America as it is now today. Mm-hmm. Imagine this. 
Revolutionary War happens. Imagine the thought process that went on back then and the selflessness. This is what I'm getting to. This is what we've really lost, in my opinion, is selflessness. Yes. Um, Revolutionary War is one. The whole reason that it started was because we wanted to get away from a tyrannical dictatorship style of government, right? Mm -hmm. A king and all this other kind of stuff. We did not believe that that's the way that it should go, that a king should decide the fate of everyone the else. The institution of government. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 we go across to another continent. We, set, we settle 13 colonies, and then taxation without representation. All this stuff keeps on happening. And finally, we say... Enough. We're not going to do this anymore because this is not right. Morally, you know, it is wrong. So we are going to sign our own death warrants mm -hmm. in, and de uh, de decree. There it is. I'm getting tongue tied. We're going to decree that we are free people. And if you don't like it, we're prepared to die for it. Mm -hmm. So we do. We go to battle. We win. Think about the mindset of those individuals. We just won. We just won. We have, it's so mind-blowing for us to think about, they had the keys to the kingdom, a brand new world. Mm -hmm. You can make it whatever you want to make it. This is yours. You want it. You're the boss. What do you want to do? And they literally looked and they sat down and they said, you know what? We're going to give it to the people. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. It is the complete opposite mindset of what we instinctively as humans want to do you think about george washington when he could have you know made himself the first king of america he could have yeah. been he could have been said, king washington yeah he exactly. said now nah, you know you know I'm, I'm done eight years you know yep exactly. a lot of those founding fathers too were young 20 yeah. 20 yeah. 26 and think about mm -hmm. that today think about that mindset those critical moments mm -hmm. where they chose the people the, the, the masses over themselves and what that has created was it perfect heck no were they doing things that morally in some areas weren't right of course they were but, but they were people i mean they could not sit back and, and realize that you know one day you would be able to fly from new york to los mm -hmm. angeles faster than you could take a wagon or a horse from right. new york to philadelphia but they knew that this was going to be something that was a work in progress mm -hmm. and they wanted to give us a document that was you know it, it was like when you build a house you got to lay a foundation correct but then after that foundation, you can put up the walls, you can put up everything else, and that's how you end up building a house. And that's what America has been. And there's a reason why people are coming to America, not Venezuela, not right. Cuba, not, you know. Right. They, and they, there's a reason why they won't leave. Well, I'm curious because you've served in the military, you served in you served in so many places, and you've seen so much. Mm -hmm. Did you see us being here? Like, did you overarchingly see like this kind of the point where we were coming to or what yeah. do you think okay of, of course I mean when you're up there and you're sitting and you're looking and you're listening to people uh, you come to realize that they're, they're they have a completely different philosophy of governance when when you hear folks that are sitting around and saying that you know, you have to be given this. You, you can't get out and make it on your own and get your own house. So we got to give your house. You mm -hmm. can't, do, you know, work hard and, you know, take care of yourself. Take it's care insulting of your is it, what it, it is. It is truly insulting. And so what they are talking about is a collective subjugation instead of, like you said, the individual sovereignty that made this country what it is. You know, I think about this, this whole crisis that we are seeing at our border, especially playing out here in Texas. Why wouldn't these folks want to come here when you have a bunch of individuals saying that we don't have a border? 
Yeah. You know, we, we don't yeah. believe it. And and if you come here, we're going to give you all we're this stuff free. We're going to take care of you. We're going to give you all this stuff free. free so how, how can you, how can free you, how can you be the president of something that you don't even believe in? You don't even yeah. believe it, it exists. So, you, you know, like I said, it's just a piece of ground that anyone can come and occupy as long as you're ruling. Right. And that is what we see happen. We have coined, we are heading back 243 years where we have individuals who want to rule and not govern. And, and also remember that this country was established on one real issue. It was gun control. Because on April of 1775, the British were coming to destroy a weapons and armaments factory. Mm-hmm. We didn't have an army, didn't have a Marine Corps, didn't have a Navy, didn't even have a government. It was just Americans that understood. If I'm armed, I'm a citizen. Yep. If I am disarmed, I'm a subject. Correct. And that's why, yeah. yeah, and that's why they fired that shot at Lexington Green. And what do you hear today? You hear Senator Kamala Harris running to be president of the United States of America, a sitting United States senator supposedly took a note to the Constitution hmm. that says, I'm going to use executive order. I'm going to get rid of that thing. You, you know, you don't really have a Second Amendment, right? It's insanity to me because you look at every, what's the correct word, every great dictator is not the right word. Every majorly successful. known successful dictator in our history. First thing they did. First the thing the they did is they make it to where the people cannot fight back. And that's what Hugo Chavez did in Venezuela. And again, Hugo Chavez said that in order to curtail gun violence, I'm going to ban private gun ownership. And so what did you just see happen a couple of weeks ago? People that are starving, people that are dying in hospitals, being run over by military vehicles in the streets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this was what was once... The most one of the most prosperous. Oh, everybody rich. was raving about Venezuela yeah. in, 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 in this in this uh, hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere. What destroyed it? The exact same thing we hear people talking about in the United States of America. It now. is historic how quickly Venezuela has fallen. That's like I, like it is absolutely insane how fast such a booming economy a prosperous place how quickly it has just been destroyed but the thing is why would young people in the united states of america now want to hang out with control freaks people that want to you know run everything about your lives you you think about the difference look at what has happened in hong kong Mm -hmm. young people are in the streets in hong kong protesting against the thing that young people here in the streets the united states of america want to have Mm -hmm. That is the about the dumbest dadgum thing. Yep. And, and that's what we have to illuminate folks on. We are, uh, you know, I, I always try to do my best, and, and it may just be a result of my own <laughs> intelligence or lack of intelligence. I always try to put things down to the most, the most basic of levels for mm-hmm. people to try to understand. And so what I say is going on with our younger generations in America right now is what happens on a family basis. And what I mean by that is, You've got uh, you've got a guy and a girl who grow up in a not so great household. Not a lot of money, not a lot of this, not a lot of that. They meet, they fall in love, they have children. They're very successful because they work super hard to be more than they ever thought they could and to give their children more mm-hmm. than they ever had. Well, inadvertently, what ends up happening, not all the time, but a lot of time, is those children are now raised in a much more entitled and a much more comfortable lifestyle and then they do the opposite when it comes time for them to be adults because they expect certain things and they expect a certain lifestyle and so therefore they believe that they are 
entitled and that they deserve those mm-hmm. certain things instead of the mindset of, no, you have to work for those certain mm-hmm. things. And that, in my opinion, is kind of what's going on with our yeah. country. Yeah. It's our country is no. so great that, that people don't realize yeah. how hard it's been to well, get to this point. It has become the culture of the participation trophy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and, right. and sadly, you know, the adults of my generation looked at kids out on the playing fields. You know, back when I was playing ball and everything like that, you know, it was an embarrassment to your parents. If you were sitting on the bench and they get to play, <laughs> you better get on that field. Yeah, they yep. they chew your you know what out, yeah. and they tell you you need to practice, you need to do whatever because you know I don't want to see my kid warming the I bench. I want you on the field. Yeah, I don't want a bench yeah. warming yeah. sun. You know? I'm not sitting here getting burnt up in the sun yeah. to watch you yeah. sit there. Yeah. Yeah, sit there. <laughs> but then all of a sudden we said, well. Darn it, we need to do something about at Joey least, and At least James. they're trying. Self-esteem. Yeah. Little Joey, you know, little he's Joey, struggling. They're struggling. They're so bad. So we'll just give them a participation trophy. Everyone gets a participation trophy. And now we have a generation that's growing up, and that's what they expect. Yeah, I'm going to get something. Yep. Good times create weak men. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so speaking of that, getting something, I would like to I'd like to open up a discussion with you because I don't know if you're aware of this, sir, but you are um, uh, a, a black man. I, I don't know if you know. No. That. <laughs> oh my gosh, you I don't are. know. I don't know if you're aware. So. I just thought this was a really nice thing. <laughs> so what? You shouldn't see color. Oh, you're right. I shouldn't see color. Anyway, the I'm po- a dark green marine. There you, there there you, go. you go. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, it is it is actually becoming real conversations uh reparations is what i'm getting that's at dumb. I, I i that's kind of why i want to open it up to you is is we have you know cory booker has really been like at the top of this forefront i'm spartacus yeah yeah because he lived such a you know an, an, an oppressed life that's growing difficult. up in new jersey or what i think he's new jersey either way i it, it I assume that you have had a lot of conversations with a lot of black people. Is no, that, with everybody. About yeah, this. I, I mean, is this something that that, that that black people truly want? No. Because I would find it insulting if it, it was a, me. It is offensive. It is condescending. And think about this. You know, here we are in Texas, and you know about the history of Juneteenth, which is the day that yep, the people, yep. the slaves in Texas, finally found out that they were free. So here you are in Juneteenth, the day of emancipation. But yet, what were they doing on Capitol Hill on Juneteenth? They were talking about taking people back to have a mentality of being a slave because that's the only way that they can continue to hold on to people yeah. uh, as a voting block. And as like, you, you, you cannot be a victor. You're always going to be a victim, some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I remember that day, uh, Juneteenth, there was an article that was written by uh, Cardinal uh, Dolan out of New York. And the title of the article was, Will Someone Please Tell Me How Much I Owe Oprah Winfrey? <laughs> and and it was just uh, yeah. it was just brilliant. You talk about yeah. something so simple. Really good point. It, it is a very yeah. good point. And and so the thing is that the the progressive socialist left does not want to see economic emancipation. They want to now, and they have successfully created a 21st century economic plantation in the inner cities of Atlanta, of, of all Atlanta, Dallas, you know, Houston, wherever you go, all the inner cities that they control. Right. Because this is about suppressing individual will, freedom, determination, and the ability to pursue their own happiness. Uh, they, they want to tell folks, and again, it's about creating the divisions that right. are out there. There's no way in the Sam Hill that you owe me anything, Graham. Uh, you don't owe me anything. You, 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 nobody, y'all don't owe me anything. You know, how the hell do you You made a lot more money than me in the well, military, sir. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that, that's the point. And, and then when you sit and think about my dad 
was a corporal in World War II, oh, United wow. States. Army. Wow. My dad did not have all the rights and privileges at the time, but you know, he knew that he was an American. That's right. And he knew that he had a duty to serve uh, and, and commit and sacrifice for this country. And so my dad told me at 15, the greatest honor was to wear a uniform in this country. He wanted me to be the first officer in the family. Mm-hmm. He didn't sit down and say, you know, this country sucks. You're never going to make it anywhere. You're just going to be a victim. Humma, humma, humma. You know, maybe they'll give you a government check. No. He said, this is an incredible land of opportunity. Right. All you got to do is go out there and, and, and reach for the golden ring. And it starts with a good quality education. So to me, anyone that would support this idea of, you know, getting a, 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 a slave check, you have the mentality of a slave. Mm-hmm. And, and you are still trapped in a, in a past that is only going to do one thing, not going to allow you to see the full development of all your talents, abilities, and qualities. That's well, yeah. it's just, it's, I've, I've tried to wrap my head around it. But you can't. Well, yes. You can't. It's been very <laughs> difficult. You can't wrap your head around insanity. The, yeah. let's, say, <laughs> let's, say, let's say that there were still people walking around today that were slaves. Let, let, but let's there just, ain't. But there's okay. not. <laughs> but but, 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 but for argument's sake, let's just say there were. No. Okay? no. Chat. I, I, chat. I, I'm thinking about Robichaud now. <laughs> you, all you Marines look alike. You're <laughs> short and you're tough. But <laughs> No, but it's true. No, but Grant, let me tell you something. No, because Booker T. Washington is my philosophical mentor. And when you read his book, Up From Slavery, he was a man that was a young boy, born into slavery. Yeah. And when he became free, he had a, one quest, and that was to get an education. The man walked from present-day West Virginia to Hampton, Virginia, just to be able to get an education. Yep. He became one of the greatest educators, one of the greatest orators, a man that hosted a, 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 a U.S. president at his institution, Tuskegee, and that sat down, you got the picture out there, sat down and had dinner in the White House with another United States president. So I don't even want to hear it. There's no way we think through this. We just need to tell people, shut the hell up, shove it up your ass. <laughs> this whole thing about reference, it, it, it's not the right thing. Right. And, 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 and no one, I mean, Al Sharpton, mm. what the biggest joke, charlatan, whatever. Mm. And, and, and these pandering fools that will stand up in front of him, yeah, I, I'm Helian Castro. I support reparations. I'm Spartacus Booker. Yeah, I support. Crazy. And, and it as as a proud black man who is, you know, the third of four generations of military servicemen in our family, you know, no, I don't even want to hear it. Do you feel yes, like eyes are being opened to this, the crazier it gets? Or do you feel like they're just, you know, it's no. a veil that's just not. No, it is. The, the, it's it's kind of like, you know, when Jesus Christ was, you know, crucified, the veil was torn. Yeah. Yeah. That veil is being torn. And what people see behind that veil is is very ugly. Uh, and, and again, there is a percentage in the black community, Hispanic community, and even in the white community. You're not going to get everybody. Right. But those are the folks that drill sergeants, you know, this, that famous phrase, they're just stuck on stupid. Mm-hmm. But there are enough people out there that are saying we are heading down the wrong path in this country. And, and this rhetoric, this anti-Americanism, th- that's what it is. There's no doubt about it. We don't have to try to prove it anymore. They are professing it themselves. We can't go down that path. And and I think that when you talk about eyes being open, it's happening here in Texas because people are starting to see Texas got a pretty good little thing going on here. Yep. Yeah. 
It's a it's a great place. We've been here for I'm about like five, five weeks, weeks. Yeah. and now, we we love it. And why are all these people coming here and saying we want to turn it into something else? Right. So that's a good that's a good leeway. Into, that's a segue. Uh, yeah, that's a segue. That's a good one. Yeah, there we go. I like how we point it out every time. <laughs> every episode, I feel like we talk about it. Our very first episode, we're from Mississippi, so we we, we that said, is not why I have my master's We degree. said was, we said caveat. We said like, caveat instead of segue in a situation, buddy. They lit us down. up for it, and Hadn't so ever down. since then, we have made a point. Segway. <laughs> so, so talking about that, yeah. keeping Texas red. Yeah. And you are going after the head of the, or you're fixing to run for the head. Have you already announced that you're? Let that him. You're let him tell it. Yeah. Go, go, for go it. ahead. Tell your well, story. you know, uh, we announced that we would explore the opportunity to become the uh, chairman of the Republican Party here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. And and the response has been absolutely incredible. So we're moving toward making that a, a definitive uh, quest. And uh, so stand by on okay. that. Okay. But when I sit back and I see what is happening in the Lone Star State, which is when you look at America. No matter where you go, there is one state that is associated with everything that's American, that rugged individualism, that drive, that determination, that that little swagger thing. It's Texas. I I mean, I was in Afghanistan, Graham, and and (laughs) in Kandahar. And I look around, we're zipping through, and I look over and see a little Afghan kid with a Dallas Cowboys t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's no place you can go where you don't see that Lone Star. And everyone knows what it is, and everyone associates that with America. So why is it that people are coming here to Texas from failing blue states, California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, and they say they want to turn Texas blue? Why is it that they, they think that all the great economic growth, prosperity, and opportunities here is bad? Right. And they, and, and they want it to resemble, you know, a place called California. As a matter of fact, The Economist uh, about three weeks ago had an article called Texafornia. And it, Texafornia. And it talked about how the real ideological battle for America is going to be between California and Texas. Mm. The, the direction for America is either California or Texas. Now, who in their right mind wants America to resemble California. California. Crazy people. But yeah, crazy people. But yet, I mean, we think about what's going on in Los Angeles with the homeless, and now they're talking about the bubonic plague and typhoid coming back. We just recently had the uh, city ordinance passed in Austin, Texas, that said homeless people can start setting up tents. Now, that's the capital of Texas that is starting to resemble Los Angeles and San Francisco. So the, the, the fight for America, you know, you know, people have said, you know, Please run for Senate, run for the United States House of Representatives. The fight for America is not in Washington, D.C. It's right here yep. in the Lone Star State. And no, so. no, I'm definitely starting to starting to understand and see that more. Um, you know, people ask, you know, have said similar things to us. Uh, people like yourself are far more deserving to even have these questions directed. But they said, you know, have you ever thought about running for something in D.C.? And I tell them all the time, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure that the biggest battles are in D.C. And, it, you know, it is more so here on the ground. And, mm-hmm. and, and I really like the position that we are in right now because we are not confined to certain um, restrictions that, that do happen naturally when you get in those positions. Yep. We can say 
whatever we want. We can talk about what's really going on. We can have people on like yourself mm-hmm. that that we can actually let people know because people that aren't in Texas don't understand that there actually is a battle going on in Texas. They just think it's Texas. Oh, of course, it's Texas guns, cowboy boots and hats, yeah. you know, all that mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. We did. We were the same way. We're from Mississippi. Mississippi is also turning purple <laughs> right yeah. this second as we say, you know, Mississippi, right before we moved, just had to have a runoff election where the president had to come into Tupelo to help Cindy Hyde Smith win uh, the Senate seat there. Um, It is happening. It's happening in Georgia. It's happening in Tennessee. Uh, Virginia has been lost because of that segment of Fairfax County that's tied to Washington, D.C. But you you look at what has happened out here in the the western United States. They flipped Arizona. They flipped New Mexico. They flipped Colorado. They got sites on Idaho. And now they got the sites on, you know, this incredible state here called Texas. And what they're doing is they're concentrating on all the major population centers. Right. And we have got to take this 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 incredible, uh, you know, philosophical, ideological confrontation back into the inner cities. Hispanics and blacks are conservative by nature. But we don't talk to them about that. And I think that also when you just tell folks that, you know, do you want success? Do you want to be a victim or do you want to be a victor? Do you believe in individual rights or do you believe in collectivism? Do you believe in being economically empowered or do you want to be economically enslaved? We got to give them those very clear cut choices. Do you believe that Texas and the United States of America is a sovereign state, a sovereign country, or should just anybody come in here and then you have to work hard to, to pay for To them. help support them. Absolutely. And the other thing was incredible is that everyone thinks you got to run up to Washington, D.C., to make a difference, you're not going to make the difference in Washington, D.C. Right. And we have forgotten the power of the individual and down at the grassroots level. See, what I would say to you, be a city councilman. What I would say to you is run for school board. What I would say to you is take it over in the local elections, which is where we have lost right. sight. Right. Yep. No, I know. And, and that's a good point. And I think it's something that you don't really – uh, realize until you get to a certain age, unfortunately. You know, oh, you, there we go. You know, that ageism uh, thing. No, no, I'm talking ageist. about myself. He's I'm talking ageist. about myself. Ageist. No, <laughs> age hating on me. You, no, you <laughs> have. Age hating on me. I, okay, no. rephrase. <laughs> you have. Let's edit that out. You have. No, keep it in. <laughs> you have children, all right? It seems to be this thing that happens with Americans that once you have kids, and your kids get to a certain age, and then you know you naturally have to start letting them be a part of the system, as it were. You know mm-hmm. the the school systems, all this other kind of stuff. That's when Americans really seem to start paying attention to what's going on. And I know that that that, that happened to me. You know, uh, I was in the military for twelve years, and I never really thought much about politics until. We had kids, and then all this stuff started. And and speaking of, sorry, I mean, no, even like you were saying, like you're you know, allowed to, babe. You're married to me. Thanks. <laughs> but like the California coming here, like I didn't. It's interesting because I have a school teacher friend who said that they came from Modesto, California, mm-hmm. and that some of that curriculum is already being introduced in Texas. And she was thinking about even homeschooling because that is already filtered so far into the Texas of things that I don't want my kids learning at that age. But, yeah. but, but, but even that though, I, and, and, and I don't have any problems with homeschooling at all, but that's a great, it's great. Yeah, but, I was, but it's also, <laughs> but it's also a little bit of a tucking and running kind of situation. Yeah. No, too. she's still teaching. Yeah. No, what, what I'm saying is instead of our first 
instinct being, well, we just got to pull our kids out of this and do our own thing. Right. I, I agree kind of what you're saying, sir. You need to be like, no, we need to fight this head That's on. That's what yeah, she's doing. Join the school board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and we need to say that, no, we're not going to stand for this. No, that's why I tell folks the most important elected position in the country is school board. It's not That's president. Good. It's not congressman, yep. senator. It's school board because you're an affected. educated person is That's very right. hard to control. And we don't right. have a system of education. We have a system of indoctrination. You're right. Mm-hmm. And we've got to so wake right. up to that. Candace Owens was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's much smarter than I am. No, she's she's a <laughs> lot younger. a lot smarter than me. We got to talking. Not going there. <laughs> we got to talking about uh, what is what what is racism and yeah. what is actual racism, and, and we got to talking about that education, mm-hmm. and we got to talking about how it's not really you know red versus blue. It's not really rich versus poor. It really boils down to truly educated versus indoctrinated Mm -hmm. and what's going on is if you look at the major cities that are crime ridden horrible education performance and things like that show me what the party affiliation is of the government elected officials that's what i just brought up yeah and and then and then but you've got places like in baltimore and things like this where where 98 percent of the black population cannot read at level Mm -hmm. and what we're doing is we're failing because we keep dumping millions of dollars into these structures in this education system we don't hold teachers accountable that's the teachers unions we Mm -hmm. have this horrible thing called tenure to where as long as you (laughs) somehow skate through and don't get fired long enough they can't ever do anything Mm -hmm. to you whether if you suck or not and we don't reward the good teachers which eventually go on to do something else same thing with police you've got amazing police officers that eventually because they're good moral people get married have families, bills become more expensive, more expensive, and then they end up leaving to go do other things in the private sectors and things like that. And we lose the truly good people that we need because we're not dumping our money and our resources and our training and our time and our efforts in the actual things that we should be doing that on. And so I like I like what you're saying here, sir. And, and, and you know, and I think that you are definitely the right person uh, to, wow. to 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 lead it in the right direction because. Uh, you would have to be insane to not hear what you say and think, eh, I don't know about all that. Well, that's the thing. You know, we have all the right message points, but our side are really not good messengers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. And the other thing is that we're not tenacious. That's you know, true. the other side's tenacious. I mean, they can believe in absolutely everything that is wrong, but they are so willing to, to go out and fight for it. Yep. yep. And, and our side will relent. Yeah, we can't. You don't win on. You know that you've been in military. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't win on defense. Nope. Yeah. Even if you have a successful defense, you got to counterattack. Yep. And so, well, you got to be able to score points. You got to be able to score yeah. points. I mean, every yeah. now and then you might get a pick six in a football yeah. game, but you can't rely right. on your cornerback to you know run a, an interception back. Yeah. All you got to keep them out, but you still have to be able to. Yeah. No. No. And yeah. I think that I've said for the longest time because you know we were me and Alyssa were born and raised in Mississippi, Jake. You know, oh, Missouri, Missouri <laughs> not really, not really a southern. <laughs> Show me state. That's he, right. He gets so. Now, is it he, Missouri or Missouri? What's, what's the thing? I grew about up that? pronouncing it Missouri. Okay, but uh, Missouri? my meemaw pronounced yeah. pronounce it Missouri. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But that's how they. We got accents it. up there too. Missouri. Now. 
the, Missouri. There's, there's not an A okay, in there. Wait. <laughs> it's the lazy southern We're tongue, right? Ask Look, that's, like, that's like Arkansas. Oh, yeah. This is a good dear American question. Yeah. Is it a southern state or not? Missouri. Well, well, if you want to... Ah, not political, sir. No, I'm not let's hear it. Let's I'm hear not being political. If you want to technically look at it, I mean, the M- Missouri side, Missouri side, whatever, they fought mainly for the Confederacy. As a matter of fact, you go look at Quantrill, you know, Quantrill and his raids into Kansas, which was a free state. You go back to the Dred Scott That's decision. like telling me that Florida is a southern state. Well, I don't that, believe it. That's what the <laughs> argument is. It's like if you're well, saying. Florida is a coastal North, state. North Florida <laughs> is an extension of Georgia and Alabama. You yeah, know yeah. that. Okay. Once you get past uh, Tallahassee, you're pretty much back in Michigan but at that my, point. But my thing's <laughs> always been when people <laughs> or say, New York. Yeah. Is, or New York, is yeah. it a southern state? It's like, you must be referring to Civil Jake, War hey, times. Look, real upset look, about because this. Because Arizona. They're in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's now. True. now. And they almost they got are. to the championship second year. They made it, the they made it into the best. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always referring to the Civil War. For the past six years, you've been able to claim it a little bit. Uh <laughs> I forgot what I was going to bit. I forgot what I was going to Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, uh, that I've always said that I think the biggest mistakes that Republican or conservative, well, well, whatever you want to label it as, the biggest mistake, Christians, whatever you want to say, the biggest mistake that we have made is we have always had the mentality of, because it's how we were brought up, just keep your head down, go yep. to work, do what you know is right. And don't talk about and it. And don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that that was the wrong way to go about it because now we have found ourselves in this situation to where that other side has just gotten so emboldened, loud emboldened. that now we're mm-hmm. playing catch up. I mean, we really are, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so I think that's why you're seeing you're seeing these true extreme lefts like your your AOCs and your Omars coming out and your Sanders. You know, Sanders has been around for forever, but now he's even more mm-hmm. empowered by these younger, I call them the mean girls of Congress, Omar, <laughs> Talib, and uh, AOC. But now you're seeing these new conservatives coming up too that that are starting to be louder you're seeing your dan crenshaw's you know uh appear uh you're seeing your your charlie kirk's with turning point point yeah Yeah, you you know you're, you're you're starting to see that the counterbalance is starting to I hate saying rise up because that normally sounds like such a such a dictator. That's the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, know, yeah, you know. But, I like that. But 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 <laughs> that's what's starting to happen, and you know it is going to get ugly. It, it's going to get ugly. Well, it's already and, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you look at Antifa and what they just did yeah. to the young man out in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, mm-hmm. Uh, it is ugly because progressive socialism can only thrive by coercion, threats, intimidation, mandate. And violence, right? Because their ideas are not something you, you're just going to, you know, willy-nilly accept. So, I, again, I think that we have to make the case in point to young people, especially, is why would you want to hang out with people that are telling you what you cannot do in life? Right. That, right. Yeah. that you are so hapless and hopeless and helpless that you need them. Uh, and you're supposed to surrender your individual freedoms and liberties to them. And, you know, I, I always boil it down to this. It is either equality of opportunity. That's what constitutional conservatives believe in. Or it's equality of outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's what the other side believes in. Right. And I don't think any person in America wants someone else to determine their outcomes. Yeah. 
I like that. That's good. I like that. I think that's a good way. I think that's a good way to end this out. I think we're going to end up calling this "Don't California My Texas." I think that would be a good be a good name of this title, (laughs) sir. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people go to to support you and to find out what you what what you well you know you can go to theoldschoolpatriot.com and uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and West for Texas is the uh, the state chairman's uh, website. And please join us in supporting us. And you all need to get out and become delegates. Yeah. What's the, na- the title of your book, too? Oh, the title of the book is Hold Texas, Hold the Nation, Victory or Death. You can get it on Amazon. And uh, it's doing pretty good. As a matter of fact, I started uh, doing the audio book recording yesterday. Oh, all right. Exciting. All right. That's exciting no, that sucked stuff. being locked no. in the <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alyssa, where can they find you? Uh, Alyssa Allen on Facebook and Instagram. Jake in the detention seat. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at producer underscore Jake. And I am Graham Allen on any platform. Thank you you guys for listening to the newest episode of the dear america podcast and we will see you again next time